Welcome to Literary Anything, our Marion Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Paula. And I'm Jasmine. Yay! Welcome, Jasmine, to the podcast. Thank you. Now, if you follow us on social media, you already know Jasmine. It's me. I'm the one that dances with books. <laughs> Jasmine's our resident TikTok savvy library staff member. And a lot of what you see on our socials is a result of me and Jazz just messing around at work. Yes, yes. <laughs> the rise of the book chalk trends and yeah, everything. And then it. other staff members trying to rope them in. Yeah, they see us coming and they run away. Yeah. <laughs> But thank you to everyone who's featured in our TikToks. Yay! <laughs> now, apologies for us being late this month because dun, dun, I had COVID uh, all last week, so we couldn't record. So we're a little late getting to it th- for July, but here we are. We thought that we were both immune, but yes. Fuller was not. I said it out into the universe too many times and COVID said, ah, I'm getting you. <laughs> but we're here now. Yes, we're here now and we're super excited. We thought that since Jasmine is with us and in honor of her being part of the TikTok demographic, we would do a book talk book. I am a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Represent. (laughs) So do you want to say what book we're reading for July? Yes. So it's not Beach Read. (laughs) It's not Beach Read. Sorry to everybody for the... (laughs) The amount of times I said Beach Read. So if anyone was reading Beach Read and we're <laughs> expecting us to talk about that book, we're not. Sorry. sorry. Put pause and go read Book Lovers yep. because, oh, sorry, I took your thunder. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> we are reading Book Lovers by Emily Henry. We yeah. read Book Lovers. And now we're talking about it. And now we're talking it. about it on the podcast. Do you want to read the blurb off the yeah. back, Jazz? Okay. Nora is a cutthroat literary agent at the top of her game. Her whole life is books. Charlie is an editor with a gift for creating bestsellers and he's Nora's work nurses. Nora has been through enough breakups to know she's the one men date before finding their happily ever after. To prevent another dating dud, Nora's sister persuades her to swap her city desk for a month's holiday in Sunshine Falls. It's a small town straight out of a romance novel, but instead of meeting sexy lumberjacks, handsome doctors or cute bartenders, Nora keeps bumping into Charlie. (laughs) Now, there are a lot of things about this book that set off alarm bells for me, and I'm going to tell you what they were, okay? (laughs) Straight into it. Straight into it. First, it's a rom-com. Yes. And sometimes romance books with me lately... They do the unforgivable. They make me feel old and jaded, which Sally Rooney, I'm looking at you. I will never forgive you for normal people. You read normal people, Yes, I've read normal people and conversations with friends. You also didn't like normal people. I preferred conversations with friends. Yes. Normal people, yeah, I didn't mind it. I could relate a little bit to the characters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is that it's a book talk book. The cover is classic book talk. It has to be pretty. It does. It doesn't make sense to me, though. Why are they on... Boats? Boats? Facing in opposite directions. Like, did I miss something in the book? I was yeah. just like, I don't remember them being on boats I, at all. No, you're right. I, I don't remember that either. So I'm not sure what the brief was for the cover of this book, but it definitely has the look to it. All and about it the look. Yeah. So I'm not the target book talk demographic. So that was also raising alarm bells. It says it's Shit's Creek for book nerds on the back, which may as well have said, Paula, this book is for you. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's a lot to live up to. So I was like, mm, not I sure. I haven't watched that. <laughs> oh, 
what? How have we not talked about this before? It has to go on my list of oh, things that I have to watch. Yes, you must. I have friends that love it. So. You absolutely must. Okay. And then also one of the quotes on the back says, so smart, so funny, so sexy. And we've talked a lot on this podcast before about books that purport to be funny and then you read them and you do not laugh at all. Mm. So... It's, it's hard annoying. to live up to. Like, it if you're is. saying it's funny, it's a funny book, then, then it's probably not a funny book. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so those were my things that I was worried about. But I wanted to describe the prologue to people, and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. So in the prologue, Nora, that's the protagonist, is this New York City hard-nosed literary agent, knows all the book tropes, particularly of the small town love story, where the city person goes to the small town and learns the true meaning of love when he falls in love with the small town person who is like running a Christmas tree farm or a bakery. Nora explains that it's a trope, but she's living all these tropes because that keeps happening to her except she's the uptight person with the manolos and the botox and riding the peloton and she's the one that these guys go to the small town and then they break up with her yeah (laughs) so she's like the trope x yes yeah (laughs) and then she meets charlie lastra who is the executive editor of a publishing house she's trying to sell her client's book to. And she says Charlie picks winners, so he Mm -hmm. knows what he's doing. But despite the fact that this is Nora's favorite client and she loves her books, Charlie turns the book down flat, saying that he finds the book setting Sunshine Falls contrived and unrealistic. Yes. And despite the fact that their conversation is very barbed and antagonistic, it continues into a few emails that night Mm. and becomes what I can only describe as flirty. I had that as well. (laughs) I'm just like, these emails are so flirtatious. She literally ends it with just an X. And I'm like, what? Are you not going to acknowledge that you guys are totally flirting with each other? Like 100%. Yeah. So true. <laughs> like, were they ever enemies? Like, it's saying that it's an enemies to lovers, lovers kind of trope. trope yeah. And I'm just like, like, where were they enemies? So Jasmine finished this book before I did, and we talked just a tiny, tiny little bit. A little and bit. And I said, how's it going? And you said you didn't like it, and yeah. I really want to know why. Yeah. I think it was because they were saying all these tropes and then I was just like, this book has got to be full of these (laughs) tropes, isn't it? It's like they're trying to acknowledge it and say that this book is going to have all of these elements in it. And then it was just like, yes, this is what this book is going to be. So it wasn't kind of like, oh, it's going to be a surprising book or it's going to like have this massive romantic ending or you don't know what's going to happen I feel like it was all laid out in the first in the prologue right but see that's what I actually really liked about it yeah Uh, it acknowledges that romance books are full of tropes yeah and they're just going to lean right into it yeah and I liked that about (laughs) it I was like they acknowledged it they it's like the elephant in the room this is tropey but it's tropey for a reason yeah and then they just went with it I don't know if maybe Nora's character I didn't oh, really fall like in her? love with, yeah, right. at the beginning. But I think she warmed on me. Right. Because I do like the strong, independent, like she put her work first. Oh. She was a really strong-minded woman and I did like a quote. Should I read something yes, from the prologue? Yes, please do. Okay, so this is when she's broken up with her, her ex. ex. I can't even remember what his name was. Oh, let's see. Grant? I feel like it was just like really. like a Brad or a Chad. Right. Or yeah. <laughs> Whatever, we'll call him Brad. So <laughs> Grant, <laughs> Grant or Brad or Chad yeah. had just broken up with her because he's going to move to this small town or Texas and he fell in love with, you know, your typical hotel 
owner, daughter, you yeah. know, <laughs> your that's classic. Right. Yeah. yeah, Nora asks if she's a baker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's the thing about women. There's no good way to be one. Wear your emotions on your sleeve and you're hysterical. Keep them tucked away where your boyfriend doesn't have to tend to them and you're a heartless bitch. Mm. Like, I did like that. Mm. So you, you can't win. You can't win. <laughs> you yeah. can't win. Yeah. So, so just be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and then the perfect guy will love you for who you are. <laughs> because this is a romance novel after all. So that was the prologue. Mm-hmm. And then cut to two years later, and the book is a massive commercial success. It's put Sunshine Falls, which is a real place in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't actually. I wonder if it is a real place. I didn't research that. According to the book, in the book, it's a real, it's a real place. place. It's a real place. Yeah. <laughs> put it on the map, and then Nora's younger sister Libby, who is married with two children and a third one mm-hmm. on the way, pressures Nora to go on a trip with her. Yep. And Nora isn't the sort of person who takes holidays, but lately Libby, who she's normally super close with has seemed distant like something's bothering her yeah the relationship's not as close at the moment something's going on something's wrong so Nora says yes to go yes on this holiday yes and it's a good thing because Libby's already bought the tickets to as we said Sunshine Sunshine Falls Falls, which is a real place in the book (laughs) yeah And not only that, but she's got her life-changing vacation list. List of things to do in a small town. Yes, and they're all based on tropes. Tropes. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what was bothering you, right? I loved it. I thought it was so funny. It's so predictable. (laughs) What was on the small town list? It was things like have a makeover. Oh, yeah. Buy a flannel shirt. Yeah. Hook up with a lumberjack. Yes. Was it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was All stuff the like that. Oh, skinny dip naked. Oh, that's a, right. So we've got characters. Nora is yes. our main protagonist character. You warmed up to her. I warmed up to her in mm. the end. So she's a cutthroat literary agent. She's very strong-minded. Work-focused. Work-focused. New York. Classic. Mm. Blonde hair. Always dressed immaculately yes. with the heels. And she's got this ability <clears throat> to look at a person and determine how much their outfit costs yeah. <laughs> she calls yeah. it her party trick <laughs> yes and always on time right yeah. except for when she first meets charlie of charlie. course <laughs> so is that painting a good picture of nora yeah and then we've got charlie who's like your brooding editor yes yeah he's really good at his job yeah very handsome of course always dressed probably i always think like in suits i think he was wearing like a black kind of suitish stylish thing yeah in their first meeting and there's lots of talk of his eyes Yes. His eyes are always flashing or caramel or... (laughs) (laughs) They stare into your soul. Yes. (laughs) See how you're feeling. (laughs) And then we've got Sister Libby. Yeah. And Libby and Nora's relationship is really strong. Yeah, and has been since the beginning. They grew up with a single mum and she was a struggling actress and money was tight and things were really difficult. But their mum always found a way to make things fun and they loved New York. Mm. The mum loved New York, raised them to love New York and feel like New York is really their home. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this book... The relationship between Libby and Nora is one of the main focuses, even more so than Nora and Charlie. That's a really good point. I would say, yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. It's probably equal, that sister bond, especially because they are bonded perhaps even more than other sister relationships because of the fact that they lost their mom Mm. when, you know, Libby was quite young and Nora basically took over raising her. Yeah. And... That's a lot of what this book is about, that Nora feels this responsibility for Libby. Yeah. 
even yeah. though Libby now is an adult with woman with a family. three children, I think. I definitely felt like that relationship stood out to me more than probably the relationship mm. between Nora and Charlie. And that probably annoyed me as well. I was just like, this is a rom-com. I kind of want more in like the relationship between Charlie and Nora. There was a lot of focus on Nora and Libby and right. I wanted more Nora and Charlie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it... Does it pass the Bechdel test, I wonder? I When I was reading this, I really pictured it like a movie. Mm, it, I think because there's like probably a lot of movies that are similar <laughs> because there's a lot of tropes in here. A lot yeah. of tropes in here. Yeah, I guess that's probably why <laughs> yeah. I kept envisioning it like a movie. Like you could see, I don't know, Julia Roberts or... Catherine Heigl. I got Catherine Oh, yeah, Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who would be the... Who would be Charlie? Charlie. See, I'm I'm aging myself by picking people like, you know, Colin first and Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore though. He's too old. It'd have to be somebody younger. Who's the young Colin first? Is it is it's not Timothy. like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't do it for me. I think that's a weird partnering with like Catherine Heigl though. Yeah, she's too old. She's too old, so we need like it younger. Sidetracked. <laughs> So there's Brendan, who's Libby's husband, who we don't really Yeah, see. more at the end. Yeah. There's Charlie's cousin. Shepard. Was his name Shepard? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Another super handsome lumberjack type yeah. who just happened to go to Cornell and... Has you big know, arms. Yeah, has big arms and ability to build an amazing house out in the woods. Yeah, so he lives, he lives in Sunshine Falls. Yeah, yeah, what Nora realizes eventually is that the reason why Charlie passed on the book and hated the location of Sunshine Falls for Dusty, that's her client's book, is because he's actually from Sunshine Falls, yeah. which is why she finds him there when they go there. Mm. And his whole family is there, and he's never felt at home there because he's more of a New York City yeah. guy. And then his parents, of course. Yes, they yeah. own a bookstore, mm-hmm. the one that they're going to save and tick off the list. <laughs> Libby's right. list. Libby's list. Yeah. <laughs> So they spend a lot of time in that bookstore while they're in Sunshine Falls. She's there for a while. She's yeah. there for like four weeks. I know. I kept wondering while I was reading it, are they still there? <laughs> like how, how are these people managing to be so, on holiday for so long? Yeah. So a majority of the setting of the book is in Sunshine Falls. Yeah, like, definitely. They're hardly in New York. Right. Although there is lots of talk of New York yes. and missing New York and all the reasons why New York is where Nora loves to be. Yeah. She loves being busy. She's... You know, she could never be happy in Sunshine Falls. No, mm. which we find out at the end Yes. As well. Shall we talk about that? Okay, let's talk about the end. Let's just skip the whole middle <laughs> section of this book. Basically, the whole middle is Nora and Charlie flirting shamelessly yeah. with each other. And then and sometimes saying, hooking up and then being like, no, we can't get together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> For whatever, what was the reason why they couldn't get together? Because of the... Initially. Yeah, initially because... Uh. Because they work together. Colleagues? Yeah, yeah. They work together. Right. And Nora doesn't get with guys that she works with. Right. But then pretty soon she decided, nah, I don't care about that. It's not like they're the same like company or anything. No. She's like an agent and he's like an editor. Yeah, so I don't really fine. see. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be fine. They, <laughs> they would have been able to make it work. Yeah. And in the end, it's because Charlie has to stay in Sunshine Falls to look after the bookstore because his father has health problems yeah and yeah. his mum is kind of a flighty artist type yeah. who like smokes a lot of weed and never kept yeah. proper hours for the bookshop so it's floundering yeah so charlie feels like he's the only person that can stick around help out with this dad and make a success of the bookshop yeah so nora finds this out and then she's just like no i wouldn't be able to live in sunshine falls and 
Like she doesn't have to give up her career for a man anyway. No, that's right. That's that would so not be Nora. Yeah. yeah. So she's always going to return to New York. She's got a new job lined up as an editor, which she always wanted to do. Yeah. And Charlie is going to stay in Sunshine Falls, which right. I feel like they could still make that work. <laughs> well, they t- they did talk about long distance relationships yeah. and how it would just be too painful mm. to try and make that happen. Which I get that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in a long distance relationship. I feel like Nora is very independent, like an independent person, though. So right. I feel like at the end, because Libby. Right. <laughs> okay, let's talk about let's Libby. Let's talk about Libby. Because there is something wrong with Libby the whole way through, yeah. and Nora is like, what is going that, on with that her? That kind of annoyed me as well. That <laughs> miscommunication, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like they're really close sisters. Right. Like, just have the conversation. Like, right. you know that something's wrong. You're both here together in Sunshine Falls. You're supposed to be having these conversations, connecting, like we're building that relationship. Mm. Nora, you know something's wrong. But she did try and ask her. Yeah. She did keep asking her. And it, like it bugs me in situations like that when nobody asks the question. Mm. But she does try. She asks her and Libby just keeps kind of like rebuffing her and telling her, can I have some alone time? And yeah. You know, she tries to get out of her and Libby just won't talk. Yeah. And what did you true. think the problem was with Libby initially? I did think that her and Brendan were going to separate. Yeah, yeah. that's what it made it yeah. seem like. Yeah. And then at one point, Nora realises that Libby has a phone number for a, a divorce or family lawyer. Yeah, some kind of attorney. Right. Yeah. So it really seemed like that was what it was. That was the situation. And it kind of made sense, I yeah. felt like, as well. Because like, Libby was being a bit flighty and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, and she talked about how once she has this third baby, like, you know. It's all over. Yeah, her life's (laughs) over. (laughs) And she talked about how their, is it an apartment they were in in New York was too small? Yeah. And, you know, it was very stressful living there with the soon-to-be five of them. And then what ends up That surprised me. Yeah, Yeah, that that was was good. good. Because what it ends up being, like, also makes sense. Yeah, it It, does. It's not like when they reveal something and you think, that doesn't make sense. You're trying too hard. But it totally makes makes sense. sense. So Libby is planning on moving to Sunshine Falls. Yeah. And and leaving Nora in New York. (laughs) In New York. Even though they've been so close and they've never lived apart. But this is such a good move for Libby and her family because that's exactly what they've needed is, like, space and nature and a place to raise their family. Yeah. It's going to be cheaper for them and mm. it's got a new job. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, but it is sad. Like, it's heartbreaking for Nora. Yeah. Because she feels like she's losing her sister and that relationship. Yeah. yeah. And as somebody who has left family in Canada and moved to Australia, mm. I was a bit like, it's not that far. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Yeah, how far was it? How far is Sunshine Falls from New York? I don't I don't know. They I, had to get in the plane. They did. It was a plane, it was a plane flight. Ride. It was, um, I don't know. I want to guess like four hour yeah. plane ride, yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting that out okay. of nowhere. But, but that's, that's, okay. that, that's me. Not to make the conversation about me. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like, yeah. Especially now, you FaceTime them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like have it's a, fine. pick up a phone, <laughs> see their updates on social media. <laughs> That's right. It's like you're not even going. Yeah, yeah. You could yeah. Put, be in the same like room pretty much with but social media. That said, for sisters who've never been apart and who are so close, yeah, yeah, it's sad for them. Yeah, this part I did think was predictable the solution to what their problem Yeah, it was is. coming. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw it coming a mile they off. They were planting the seed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, in the end, Libby steps in to yep. help out with the bookshop. Yeah. 
what happens with the dad? He's like, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Yeah, I don't need like, you to take care of Charlie's me. Charlie's overreacting. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't need that help. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I guess works he, out. he. What they were saying are, we're the parents. Yes. And you don't have to and look after us, which was kind of a theme in the book, wasn't it? Yeah. And they really liked Nora, and they saw that Charlie and Nora's relationship was great, and they really wanted Charlie to be happy. Right. So and he was good. Said. She was good for him, and he was good for yeah. her. Yeah. So they were just like, yeah. Go to New York. <laughs> Be with Nora. And that's how it ends. <laughs> da, da, yay. I started laughing on page three of this book, and I feel like I pretty much laughed the whole way through. <laughs> so the whole thing about it being Shit's Creek for book nerds, it was a success. I felt like yay. it was that. The, so hu- the, the humor, it was very Shit's Creek-like. And I did like Nora and Charlie's banter throughout the whole yeah. thing. I did like their relationship. They it were was, very similar. Yeah, it was standout. They're flirting. Yeah. Was good flirting. But there wasn't many steamy scenes I didn't really find. There was for a one or two. The library scene? Yes. <laughs> I was like, don't do it in the library. They didn't do it in the library. They didn't. I was glad. <laughs> yeah. Like, Charlie was like, we can't do it here. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Charlie. Yes. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Get a room. <laughs> but then in the bookstore as well. I think was the yes the was the other one. one at least yeah. they own the he owns the books store. yeah i thought there were going to be more steamy scenes oh know, okay right yeah that's okay mm. <laughs> <laughs> i also really liked all of the book references that are peppered throughout mm, this book yes that really worked for me weathering heights yes <laughs> like right from the beginning i think they mention where'd you go bernadette and oh uh, yeah gone girl yeah and then it's just like yeah throughout the whole thing there were these little literary references throughout so yeah, yeah it really is shit's book, for book nerds book lovers <laughs> yes that's right really caters to the eponymous book lovers yes. <laughs> you haven't read any of emily henry's books have you no, no i haven't i was looking at goodreads as i often do after i finish a book and mm. people are saying that this is a standout yeah. one for her yeah i think this one and beach read people are right. favoring um you and me in vacation not so much okay overall Yes, it took me a while to get into the book, but in the end, I did enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it right from the beginning all the way through. I mean, I feel like you do kind of have to put that whole trope thing aside, which, I, like I said, the fact that they just acknowledged it and leaned into it is what made that work for me. I reckon I want to read Beach Reads and see how that goes. The fact that it was marketed as enemy to lovers and I didn't really think that it was. Right. But maybe more contrived enemy to lovers. Yeah. <laughs> enemies to lovers. Like, they're not really enemies. <laughs> but I do like Charlie and Nora's relationship. Yeah. And, yeah, their chemistry yeah. and their banter. And I thought, I'm, like, really happy that it worked out in the end. It was fun. It was lighthearted, which is what we wanted. It's a Very nice easy quick read. read. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to ask you if you oh, think okay. you're more Nora or Libby. Are you more the literary agent in New York or small town bookshop owner in... I can't even remember the name of the place. Sunshine, Sunshine Falls. Falls. <laughs> which is a real place. Oh, that is a good question. Yeah. I feel like I'm Sunshine Falls. You're Sunshine Falls? Yeah. Not New York? No. I thought you would be New York. Really? Yeah. Why? Which are you? I'm probably Sunshine Falls as well. Huh? Yeah. I think <laughs> I yeah, secretly want to be, well, maybe not secretly, but want to be a bookshop owner yeah. <laughs> in a small town. I'm definitely not cutthroat or hard-nosed or any of those things oh. or kind of like shut down. And I know she wasn't really. That was kind of the hard exterior that yeah. she put up but I feel like I have no hard exterior. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> like, what more would be your lifestyle, do you think? Lifestyle, yeah. No, still Sunshine no, still Falls. Sunshine Falls, okay. I thought it was interesting that 
her job was as a literary agent, but her dream job was as an editor. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, she, yeah, oh, her, like, her dream job is as an editor? Like, not that, I mean, that's a great job. Yeah, but, yeah, I also but it's feel not like, like lit- it's not much above like a literary, literary agent. agent. Like, <laughs> like, I would say they're maybe on par even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, she couldn't have a dream because she was trying to earn money for Libby. Right. So I guess literary agents earn Earn that much more. more? So her dream job makes crap money. I don't know why she couldn't have been. She couldn't be an editor in in the past. I was wondering that too. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. Yeah, no. No. That's another thing. (laughs) I still loved it. (laughs) Cool. Success for our first book talk book. Hooray. You haven't read a book talk book before? Oh, no, actually, that's not true. I have actually one of the other books I read this month is a book talk book. Yeah, same. I kind of went with the theme. An LGBTQ plus boy meets boy romance called Never Been Kissed. It's very similar to all the boys I've loved before. So Ren Rowland has never been kissed, but he wants that movie perfect ending more than anything. Feeling nostalgic on the eve of his birthday, he sends emails to all the boys he loved before he came out. (laughs) Morning brings the inevitable, oh my God, what did I do? But he brushes that panic aside. Why stress about it? None of his could have beens are actually going to read the emails, much less respond, right? They do. (laughs) Disclaimer, they respond. (laughs) It wouldn't be much of a story. Do you feel like if someone sent you an email from high school declaring their love for you now, would you respond? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my initial response was, of course, it depends on whether you were into them or not. Yeah. But I think regardless, I would respond in some way. Yeah. I would as well. Yeah. Being like, hey, it could be a cool friendship. Yeah. 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 Even if you're not into them, you could just be like, oh, it's good to connect again. Yeah. And it's flattering to think somebody thought that of you in high school. (laughs) 10 years later, still thinking about it. (laughs) Even when they're drinking at night (laughs) and sending all these emails out. (laughs) Don't drink an email. Don't drink an email. (laughs) (laughs) PSA. And it's a great story about like self-discovery okay, and not compromising his own feelings to fit in with other people. So he was just out of uni and he never kissed a boy before. And it's because he finds out that he is demisexual, which I haven't read about much in books. So I really like that it had that focus in it. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I've never read about that in no. books. I, maybe you should explain what demisexuality yeah. is. So it's a sexual orientation in which a person feels sexually attracted to someone only after they've formed a close emotional bond to them. Yeah, uh, cool. I was really happy. So and I really was, loved it. It was Pride Month last yes, month. So yes. it was a good read for it them. It was a good read. I think it was a feature in one of like borrow boxes or Pride Month's oh, kind of collection. So nice. yeah, it was fun. It was cute. I really like the characters. But yeah, I really like that representation. And I'm halfway through listening to The Song of Achilles oh, by Madeline Miller. That is also a book talk that book. That is You're a right. book talk book. Yeah. So it was initially published in 2012 with only like 20,000 copies. But since book talk, it's sold like 2 million copies. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's just showing you how crazy book talk is. Yeah, and what and the book talk community, yeah, what kind of influence, influence it has had on, on books. Authors, books, yeah. publishers, everything yeah. like across the whole scope. So so if you sometimes find yourself at a loss for what to read, jump on TikTok. Yeah. Follow us, first of all, <laughs> and then follow the book talk hashtag. Yeah. And yeah, it's a fantastic way to f- discover new stuff. And it's a great way to 
get book recommendations, yes. be a part of a community, which I think is why it got so big mm. because it was during the COVID pandemic when we had a lot of negative news on our social media platforms. And, and we think, were also disconnected. Yeah, you definitely. Know. And yeah. I think that's why Book Talk got so big. It was mm. just forming a community of like-minded book lovers and it was just positive. That's, that's why we right. love it. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I will also talk about a Book Talk book that I read which was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by mm, Taylor Jenkins yes. Reid. I want to read that. I haven't read it yet. So this is about an aging Hollywood star, Evelyn Hugo, and a rising young magazine reporter who she hires to write her autobiography for unknown reasons. And Evelyn insists that she may only publish it after she dies. So I almost didn't read this because of how much I hated Malibu Rising. Did uh, you read Malibu Rising? No, I've read... What was the other one? What was the first uh, one? Daisy Jones. Oh, yes. Yes, I enjoyed Daisy Jones. Right. But it's because Almost Famous is like my favourite movie right. ever. So <laughs> and it's, it not, like it's not based on Almost Famous, no, but it's no, got it's a similar. similar yeah. yeah. Well, I really hated Malibu Rising, but my daughter read this and she liked it and she said, Mom, I think you'd like it. Mm. So surprisingly, I really did. It was like a nice, fun romp through old Hollywood with some poignant moments as well. And it really kept me entertained throughout. And I was like, why? Why is that one so much better? And I just feel like, I don't know, maybe she had less pressure when she yeah, wrote maybe. that one, or maybe it was less rushed. I wonder sometimes when authors are really successful, if the publishers are pushing them to get the next one out. Mm. It must be so much pressure. Yeah. I feel like that happened also with Paula Hawkins mm -hmm. with A Girl on the Train. Her next book, Into the Water, I felt like was super rushed. Yeah. So I wonder if this is a similar Yeah, probably sort of just case. like, yeah, get on the trend. You're trending now. Yeah, so, so yeah, get pump the them next out. thing out. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's, they need Nora to help them out. <laughs> and you need a great agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to advocate for you. And yeah. Yeah. I have an author friend who put a book out and then the, the publisher was like what have you got for us next mm. and I think sometimes yeah you really have to learn to sort of stand your ground and say actually I need a bit of time the other one I read is The Mother by Jane Caro mm. this is getting a lot of press I feel like yeah I've seen it around a lot yeah. yeah so this is an Australian what they call domestic noir inspired by true events about a recently widowed mother of two adult daughters whose younger daughter marries the man of her dreams and then slowly becomes a shell of the woman that she was. Mm. And it's it's about a family experiencing domestic violence and caught in a system that is sometimes unable to assist. And it tells what the mother does to save her daughter and grandchildren. Yeah. And it's fiction, but Jane Carroll won the Walkley Award for Women in Leadership in 2018, and she's a feminist advocate. So <clears throat> this is a really powerful story. And reading it, I couldn't help but recall Jess Hill's nonfiction book, See What You Made Me Do, about domestic violence mm. and coercive control. So... Yeah, it's not as lighthearted as no. all the book talk reads we've been yeah, talking about. Yeah, but did you about. enjoy it? But I did. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was well done. Yeah. So, yeah, and an important story as well. Yeah. I've watched a few things. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That sure. are based on books. Yeah, talk yes. about that. So I watched Conversation with Friends. So Sally uh, Reedy. Did you watch Normal People? I, I, no, I didn't because no? <laughs> I did like it. <laughs> but you think you'll watch Conversations with Friends? Yeah, and I would watch Normal People as well. I just didn't know where to watch it but because people raved about it. People loved it. Yeah, mm. yeah. What, what was Conversations like? I enjoyed it because I liked the book so much. I thought that I wouldn't enjoy the series more than I enjoyed Normal People. I enjoyed Normal People, the TV series, but yeah, some of the characters were just a little bit 
In normal people? In normal people. Right. So it was pretty good and I liked the especially relationship between the two best friends in mm-hmm. conversations with friends, Francis and Bobby. And I thought that the characters were played well by the actors, but not much happens. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, not much happens in the story. I mean, like. that's fine it's, if there's good conversation. Yeah, good convers- yeah, yeah, good conversation, good chemistry, and, mm. yeah, the characters were well played, so. Cool. I would recommend. Is it a movie or a series? Series. Or? It's a series. Yeah. Right, like a limited series. Yeah. I like those. I think I watched it in, like, maybe two days. Right. <laughs> it was you an easy. It. Yeah, yeah, it was an easy watch. Cool. And then I also watched Everything I Know About Love. I think I was oh, that's by Dolly Allison. I, yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot about that too. Yeah. is that I heard that's really good. I really liked it. Oh, yeah, I have to put that on my like, list for if sure. If you like Sex in the City, bold type, like those yes. girlfriend <laughs> relationships, yeah. Yes. Navigating your 20s kind yes. of thing, then, yeah, you'll like it. I would definitely like that. I have yeah. to watch that. Watch it. I so think- is that also a limited series? There's yeah. definitely going to be another season. It finished, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. So. Oh, right. <laughs> I've heard positive things. Yeah. Cool. So, shall I talk about some new books yes. coming out this month? Yes, okay. I'm excited. Full disclosure, I had one of our colleagues, Andrea, who's incidentally going to be on the podcast next month. Yay. Andrea used to work in a bookshop. She's very knowledgeable in this area. So I said, Andrea, could you please... Let us know some books that are coming out in Mm -hmm. July that you think are worthwhile. So this is what she's given us. So the first one is a Pan Mac book. It's called The House of Fortune by Jessie Burton. Mm -hmm. And if Jessie Burton sounds familiar to you, it's because she wrote The Miniaturist. Oh, yes, yes. Which I love the cover of that book. Uh, Yeah, I've seen the cover more than anything else. I know, I haven't read it, but (laughs) I just know it because of the (laughs) cover, because it's a cool cover. So this is the sequel to her best-selling Miniaturist. Returns us to Amsterdam in 1705, where Nella is desperate to find a suitable husband for her niece, Thea. However, after receiving an invitation to an exclusive ball, Nella begins to suspect that the miniaturist has returned. Great for fans of historical fiction. Mm, I do like historical fiction. And I don't. Okay. <laughs> so that's how you can tell that I didn't put this list together. <laughs> and I'm glad I was truthful right up top. So that's at the 12th of July. Then we have Blue Hour by Sarah Schmidt. So this is about a desperate young mother. She straps her baby into the back of the car late at night and heads for the Blue Mountains. As Eleanor drives through the night, she recalls the three generations of family history that have led to this moment. So Sarah's debut novel was See What I Have Done, and it was longlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2018, but also she won the ABIA Literary Fiction Award and the MUD Literary Fiction Award in 2018. So yeah, look out for Blue Hour. Next we have Lapfona by Otessa Moshfei, the new novel from the author of the wildly popular My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Lapfona is set in a small village beset by natural disasters and follows a power struggle between a complacent priest, a wealthy landlord, and a young orphan boy. Described by The Guardian as one of the most anticipated novels of the year. So that's out 5th of July. And yeah, we're recording later, so that's out now. Okay. <laughs> you can go grab it. Yeah. You can go grab it. Put it on hold. Run to the catalog. Yeah. And then lastly, we have The Whispering by Veronica Lando. So this is new Australian crime from the winner of the 2021 Banjo Prize for Fiction. Mm. When a man goes missing in a rainforest, the secrets held by the small town of Granite Hill begin to surface. This is a perfect new read for fans of Jane Harper. Oh, yes. And and what's been dubbed Rural Noir. Mm. So out 6th of July, HarperCollins. I think Jane Harper's book, Forces of Nature, is going to be a movie. Did yes, I, I think you're right. Yeah. The Dry, of course, was yes. a movie with Eric Bana. I wonder if this one will have Eric Bana in it. 
Maybe. Maybe. Oh, stay tuned. <laughs> Dry was a really good movie. I really mm, liked it. I did as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have some Some literary news? news? Not much, but the 2022 Miles Franklin shortlist was announced. So The Other Half of You by Michael Muhammad Ahmed. Scary Monsters by Michelle D. Kretzer. Yes. I've read her Travelers, Questions of Travel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Bodies of Light by Jennifer Down. Oh, I read that one. A saga. Ooh. Mm. 100 Days by Alice Punk. I've read that one. Oh, yes. That you did. Which yeah. I picked up because of the cover. Because it's very <laughs> pretty in pink. And yeah. I really enjoyed that. The relationship between the mum and the daughter was very frustrating for me, though. Right. But, yeah. I, it was a really great book. Yeah. She was supposed to be at Writer's Week and then she couldn't come at the last minute. Yeah. You read that during the pandemic, didn't you? It was a while ago. Yeah. Mm. And Grimish by Michael Winkler, mm. which is self-published and the first self-published novel to make it onto oh, the shortlist. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. I was thinking, wow, I haven't heard of that book. That's why. <laughs> but <laughs> you will now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that's pretty cool. And the winner will be announced on the 20th of July, which uh, hasn't happened okay. yet. No, but <laughs> no. follow our socials and we will post about yes. it when it does. Okay, well, shall we announce our book for August? Yes. Which is I an announcement to you too. Is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I said, Andrea is going to come on the podcast and talk about our book for August. Andrea and I decided this book, so <laughs> it's a surprise for Jasmine as well. Our book for August is Here Goes Nothing. Thing by Steve Toltz. Ooh. Have you heard of Steve Toltz no. before? He wrote A Fraction of the Whole, which mm. was shortlisted for the Booker Prize. Yep. They're calling this a virtuoso new novel from Steve Toltz. This is about Angus Mooney. Angus Mooney is in a dark place, the afterlife. His days are spent in aching embarrassment. God, religion, the supernatural. He was wrong about everything. He longs for his audacious, fiery wife, Gracie, but can only watch from the other side as she is seduced by his killer, who has stepped seamlessly into Mooney's shoes. Meanwhile, life after death isn't all it's cracked up to be. Another pandemic is sweeping the globe. Mooney's new home is filling up fast. Resources are scarce. Infrastructure is crumbling. And he has to share an increasingly cramped existence with a group of people still traumatized by their own deaths. And although he should know better, he remains in the grip of the same fear as when he was alive, the opinions of others. Narrated with the ironic hindsight afforded by life beyond the mortal plane, Here Goes Nothing is a razor-sharp, hilariously entertaining, insightful, and moving meditation on our 21st century world and the intricate relationship between love and death. So different vibes. <laughs> different vibes. <laughs> Very next. different vibes. It's kind of got like an Alice Siebold, lovely bones, but humorous I was very of. transfixed while you were reading it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, getting in the mood. I was like, wow. Yeah, it does sound like wow. Yeah. I'm always talking about the Chat 10 Looks 3 Annabelle Crab Lee Sales podcast yes. on this podcast. <laughs> and Annabelle Crab raved about this book. She said she thought it was really funny. So yep. yeah, that's part of the reason why we picked it. Yep. So Here Goes Nothing is available on Libby as an audiobook. Woo! Yeah, so you can grab it off Libby or of course you can put a hold on the regular copy in our catalog and join us again next month. Thanks for having me. <laughs> See you next month. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a planned ending? Do we just... It's wherever you're comfortable, but I, I like it coming up from underneath. <laughs> this is the, these are exact conversations this, I would have with Jane every time. Is this going to be at the and, end? And, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> See, there's no way of saying it without making it sound bad. Oh, we see we're ready. Oh, oh yes. Was oh, yeah, anything else? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Did you have more to say? No. I don't have anything else to <laughs> say. I just wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>